Thank you, Steve, and welcome again to Whitestone this morning. Um, first of all, I'd like to apologize that you're stuck listening to me two weeks in a row, but we all have a cross to bear, and apparently this is yours. But last week, we, or if you guys need a Bible, start off, we have, um, ushers can bring, we'll be in Acts chapter 6 this morning. Uh, so if you didn't bring your Bible, like to have one, you can just raise your hand and one of the ushers will bring one to you. But last week, we started our Family Sunday series. Uh, and that's what we'll go through throughout the summer. And it's the time that we, you know, welcome the kids into the sanctuary with us. And we kind of gear the sermons a little bit more to include them. And the title of the series we're going through is a worldwide revolution and it's talking about how the followers of Jesus started small and then as the message was taken to the to the world and it spread and it grew and then it um, you can see that there's followers of Christ all over the world and one day he will rule as king over this entire world so that's kind of the idea with that but to start let's take a moment to review what we looked at last week are there Possibly a couple kids that would be interested in coming up here and volunteering to help answer a quiz that I have in store. There's reward, so. <laughs> Any kids want to come up and answer a few questions? I'm sure the audience will even help you. Really? No one? No kids? Oh, okay, come on up here. Another one? Any other kids interested? All right. Oh, we got, oh, Jude. Excellent. All right. Would you like to tell everyone your name? I'm Harrison. Harrison. Jude. Jude. Excellent. All right. So, Harrison, you can take the first three questions, all right? See how well you do. This is even multiple choice. So, Number one, what were the names of the two apostles who met a, be a beggar at the temple in Acts 3? Was it James and Jude, B, Matthew and Paul, C, Peter and John, or D, Jake and Kirk? C. Very good. Excellent. All right. Number two, instead of giving money, what did Peter and John do for the beggar? Did they A, bought him dinner, B, healed him in the name of Jesus Christ, C, carried him inside the temple, or D said, be warmed and filled. B, excellent. Healed him in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, one more. Number three. When a large crowd gathered, what did Peter say to them? A, what do you want? We still have no money. B, where are you all from? Welcome to Jerusalem. C, why do you stare at us? It wasn't our power. Or D, when did this meeting start? Sorry, we're late. C, very good. All right. You can take... At least three. All right. Thank you so much for, for helping. Okay, Jude, you ready? All right. Number, <laughs> you look a little nervous. Number four, what do we need to admit first before we will be greatly used for God's kingdom? A, that we're weak. B, that we don't need help. C, that we're bored. Or D, that we already have superpowers. Or is it A, that we are weak? Does that sound right? A? Yes, yes. Excellent, good job. All right, you're doing good. You're on a roll, Jude. Let's go to the next one, number five. Even though the people in the story crucified Christ, what was also true? 
A, Jesus rose from the dead. B, it was all part of God's plan. C, their sins could be blotted out. Or D, all of the above. D? All of the above. Yes. All right, one more. And this is a bonus question. You're doing excellent. Who played the part of Peter in the video clips that we watched last week? Was it A, Pastor Luke, B, Peter himself, C, James Brolin, or D, Bruce Wayne? C, very good. All right. Take as many as you want. Or as many as your dad, mama. Should I cut them off? Thank you. Last one I only knew because a few people came up to me afterwards and told me. Oh, it's James Brolin. Um, all right, so last week we looked at Acts 3, the Peter and the beggar and the healing that took place, and we talked about true giving, true power, and true purpose. So then in Acts 4, as a result of Peter and John teaching about Jesus after they had healed the layman, because the crowds had gathered, they're teaching about Jesus, they were arrested, they were put in prison. And then they were released, but they were charged not to teach anymore in the name of Jesus. Of course, that didn't stop them. And they went out uh, and continued teaching about, about Christ. Then in Acts chapter 5, God continued to do miracles through the apostles. And as a result, it drew attention. The Jewish leaders had then again arrested them, put them in prison, and an angel helped the uh, apostles to escape from prison, they went back to the temple, continued to teach, were arrested a third time, brought in, and they were beaten, and then they were released. And so that brings us now to Acts chapter 6 this morning, and the story of Stephen, which is why it's a favorite of Steve's, as he mentioned. By this point, though, the number of people that were following Jesus had grown to thousands, and so, as usual, when you have a lot of people, there are, you know, problems that start to pop up, even when it comes to the early church. But this new problem that popped up in the early church was a complaint that the Jewish widows who spoke Greek were being overlooked in the distribution of food in favor of the Jewish widows who spoke Hebrew. So apparently, certain widows were being favored because they spoke the Jewish language rather than the more common language at the time. And my guess is this is probably something that you parents out there can at least a little bit relate to. One child saying that the other child is getting better treatment or, or one child saying that the you know, brother or sister is getting more food than them. Does that sound familiar at all? I see a lot of heads nodding. I remember once as a kid, there was one piece of toast left, and my older brother, Caleb, had already eaten one, and he was about to eat that one as well. And so I called out to my mom. I said, Mom, Caleb's already eaten a piece of toast. There's only one left, and he's about to eat that one too, and I haven't had any. So, of course, she called out and said, Caleb, let Josh have the other piece of toast. So you know what he did? He took it, <laughs> put it down. Ticked me off. He, he, got, he got both of them. But here in Acts 6, there's a genuine need for more oversight when it came to the distribution of food to the widows in the church. And so the apostles came up with an idea. They said, there, look, there's only so many of us apostles, and 
we, we can't do everything and we really want to make sure that we're spending a lot of time in prayer and in, in studying God's word. So they had the idea that we need all of you in the church to pray and to select seven men who are godly, who are strong disciples of Christ, and who have a good reputation. And then these men whom you choose will be in charge of things like this, and serving the church and distributing the food. Um, in fact, this is where we got the word deacon from, uh, because deacon means one who serves. And uh, this is the word that's used in verse 2 when it says serving tables. But that's what happened. So you look in Acts 6, verses 5 and 6, and it says, And what they said, what the apostles suggested, it pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. For any young parents out there who are looking for boy names for their next child, I think, this, I think the search is over. Procurus, Parmenas, Nicanor, Timon, all solid names. Actually, wasn't Timon the name of the meerkat and Lion King? It's named after a deacon. How about that? But here you have, they chose seven men to be these deacons, and they were all godly men. They were all spiritual leaders. They were all strong men of faith, but one man stood out from all the rest, and that was Stephen. All the others, they just kind of list, but it specifically mentions Stephen first, and then it also adds a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So he stood out as a disciple of Christ. Remember, the point of this series, the summer series that we have going on, is that we're looking at how God has used men and women who relied completely on his power and his spirit to be used greatly to advance God's kingdom. And so that if we also do the same thing and rely and depend completely on God, he will use us also. But when you look at strong disciples of Christ through the book of Acts and the rest of the New Testament, you start to see similar character traits in them. For example, here's one. It says that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. It's not just that he had faith. It says that he was full of faith. You know, having faith is where you start. That's the beginning. That's the, the starting point, the point of salvation. But it says that Stephen was full of faith. And that's where we should want to be as disciples of Christ, to be full of faith. But what does that mean? What's the difference? What's the difference between having faith and being full of faith? I would say it's probably kind of like the difference between you asking someone what they believe and they tell you and you coming to know what someone believes without you having to ask. It's, they tell you, it's obvious, it's overflowing out of them. One person has something, the other person is so full of it, so full of something that it is, it's just overflowing, it's spilling out of them. Now, let me try maybe to give an illustration with this. I know this was hard last time, but are there a couple kids that are willing to help me with this? Volunteer? An illustration? Otherwise, I'm up here doing it myself. Sam in the back? All right. 
Come on. Oh, we got another one. All right. Two. Two is perfect. All right. Can you share with everyone your name? Mia. Mia. Very good. Samuel. Samuel. Excellent. All right. So Mia and Samuel are going to help us. Mia, would you first go over and get that red cup and bring it over here? Oh. Oh. Excellent. All right. We'll figure out a way somehow. Perfect. Thank you. Now, do you think that everyone can tell what is in this cup? <laughs> My illustration's falling apart. All right. They can't really tell because they can't see inside it. So you can tell them, as you did, it is water. There is water. Now, what was your name? Priscilla. Priscilla. Okay. Samuel, would you go over and get the small cup and bring it over here? Thanks. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're doing good. It's no problem. It's no problem at all. It's excellent. Here, you want to give it to Priscilla? And Priscilla, can you give it to me? Very good. All right. Can I get my clothes wet? All right. So this one, you don't really have to tell them because they kind of could tell as you were coming over here, it was spilling out. It's, it's also water. But what's interesting, or hopefully is, is that both, both of these have the same thing. They both have water. And they actually both have the same amount of water. And the water represents the Holy Spirit inside us. We rep are represented by the cups. And you see that they're different sizes because the more the people see of you, the less of the Holy Spirit. And you have to ask and f figure out, you know, do you, you know, and then you can maybe share. But for the person who is humbling themselves before God, the Holy Spirit fills them and overflows. And it's obvious what's inside. Excellent, excellent help. You can all take a couple of these. They're fruity, so you're getting your daily value of fruit. Just kidding. Okay, that's good. One more. Sure. Because... Because you're the third volunteer. Thank you. But this is, this is what we should want to be so full of faith that it's obvious. It spills out. People know right away what it is that we believe. So what can we do practically in order to get here, to, have, to be full of faith? to have such a strong faith. And I just want to share with you just one, there are many things but that could be suggested, but just one simple suggestion to help us to grow in our faith, and that is to be thankful. Just being thankful, that's it. Going through your day, noticing ways that God is good to you, and giving thanks again and again directly to God. Now, it seems very simple, but here are the reasons why I think that just giving thanks can do a lot to increase and strengthen our faith. Number one, it strengthens your relationship with God. Every time you give thanks, you're talking to him. You're spending time with him. You're walking with him through your day. You're opening your heart to him. And remember, God is invisible. So to spend that much amount of time with someone who is invisible that strengthens your faith. Your faith starts to grow. Number two, it reminds you of all the good that God has done for you. Every time that you give thanks, 
you're admitting to God that he has already been good to you. So the more that you give thanks, the more evidence that keeps stacking up day after day that proves that God is good. And if he has been good to you, he will continue to be good to you. So again, your faith grows. All the evidence is there that he will continue to be good. Number three, it teaches you to have an eternal perspective. Every time you give thanks to God, you are acknowledging that he keeps his promises, that he keeps his promise to take care of you here on this earth. And if he's taking, if he's taking care of you here on this earth, you know for sure he will take care of you for all eternity in heaven. And so it starts to put your mind on that. You start looking forward to the promises that are yet to be experienced and you know are coming very soon. Because if he's been faithful here, you know he's keeping his promise and he'll take care of you for all eternity. So it puts your mind on those things. You look forward to your eternal future. Your faith grows. So here are three reasons I believe that if you just go through your day giving thanks for all the little things as much as you can, it helps a lot in strengthening your faith. And you probably also noticed in verse 5 it says that he was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And this is something actually you even notice in Jesus, that he was filled and led by the Spirit. In Luke 4 verse 1 it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. This is something else that we should very much want. So let me add, add one suggestion that maybe can help us in being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's just this. Pray every hour. And I know when you hear that, immediately you think, that's impossible. There's no way I could do, I could pray every hour. But I'm just talking about even taking 10 seconds just even 10 seconds or a minute in order to re-surrender yourself to God. Or it's just a way to reconnect with God through your day. And it's basically, you know, just to ask for wisdom for the decisions you'll make that next hour. Or to ask for love for the people that you're going to be interacting with that next hour. Or to ask for energy for the, the job or the, the, um, the work that you have ahead of you that hour. Or to ask for strength to overcome the temptations that you know you might face that coming hour. Stuff like that. Even if it's, again, 15, 20 seconds, it's a great way to reconnect with God and a, and a great way to surrender yourself and to empty yourself. Because when you empty yourself of yourself, that's more that the Holy Spirit can fill you. Kind of like we had with the cups. And that's when the Holy Spirit starts to take control. Now, of course, to do this practically, it requires us forming a new habit to stop and to pray every hour. And I know that forming new habits isn't always easy. And this is when I think technology isn't always on our side. Because when you, I don't know if you remember those watches that used to, everyone used to have and it would beep on the half an hour and then beep twice on the hour. At least for young people, it was really cool. Here's my watch beeping every... But if you, you still have one of those, there's your reminder. It's beeping on the hour. Um, but I don't think most watches or even that people wear watches much anymore. But there, another option maybe is something that I recently downloaded. It's an app. It's called Chime. And that's all it does. That's all it does. It just beeps on the half hour or hour, whatever you set it at. 
But just to get a, just a little reminder to go back to, pr- to prayer, to reconnect with God, just again, 10, 15 seconds even, I think it'll help a lot to stop, surrender yourself again, and to commit that hour to him. And I think that'll help a lot in being filled with the spirit and being controlled by him. So when it comes to the character of a disciple, when we look at the example of Stephen, here's something we should all desire is to be full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Next, look at what else it says about the character of Stephen. In verse 8, it says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. So Stephen was full of grace and power, and that's why he was doing great signs and wonders among the people. Remember, grace is God working through you to accomplish things that you cannot do on your own. That's the way that grace has been used throughout Christian history. And Stephen definitely couldn't do great signs and wonders by himself. He's just a human. And those are all supernatural acts, supernatural events, signs and wonders. And so God has to do it through him. It requires divine power to do these things. And I was, actually, as I was thinking about this verse, I got this picture in my head. It kind of reminded me of how, you know, a toddler takes a bat and you, you pitch to him and he's not able to really hit the ball. And so a lot of times you'll see the father come around, take the arms, you know, and hold the bat with them. And then as the ball's pitched, he um, hits the ball and does a lot better because with the father's help, there's more coordination, there's more power. He's able to strike the ball and uh, hit it a lot better. Then I was, I was thinking about that. I thought, yeah, let me try that out. So here's a video clip of it. When your heavenly father helps you, he won't give you as much whiplash. (laughs) But no children were hurt in the filming of that. In In a similar way, in order for Stephen to do these great wonders and signs among the people, God, his heavenly father, had to, you know, give him the grace and the power to do it. Because Basically, because of God's grace to Stephen, he gave him the power to work these things. Okay, so again, what, what can we do? Practically, what might be a suggestion that will help us to be more you know, full of grace and power? And for this, what I would suggest, it kind of goes back to last week, what we talked about. Admit your weaknesses to God. Constantly admit that you are weak and that you need him. Anytime you're faced with a conversation with someone that they might get upset or offended, anytime you'll be in a situation where you know there's going to be spiritual darkness, anytime that you're serving in a ministry and you have an opportunity to be a light, or anytime that you are able to share the gospel or talk about God in any capacity or give your testimony, just stop for at least 
you know, a moment or a minute and admit to God that you are weak, that you need his help, that you need his grace and his power working through you. Ask God for help because we are weak. It's not just words that we pray. We truly are. We need to understand that. Remember what God says, though, in Isaiah 40, verses 29 to 31. It says, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He gives power. He gives strength. Then Ephesians 3.16, it says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So you have it right there. As it says, he grants it to you. That's his grace. What does he grant? His power. How does he grant his power? Through your spirit. Through his spirit who is in you. So there's the grace and the power of the spirit. So when it comes to the character of a disciple, here's a second thing. Uh, character trait that we should desire as disciples of Christ, and that is to be full of grace and power. And then let's look at one more description of the character of Stephen from this passage in Acts 6, verses 9 and 10. It says, Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilician Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom of and the spirit with which he was speaking. So here it says, many tried to verbally attack Stephen, but he was responding with wisdom and the spirit. And as a result, it says they couldn't withstand it. They had nothing left. They were defeated. They ran out of attacks because basically he was cutting through it all with the spirit, the sword of spirit, the God's truth. I mean, they got the best debaters. They got the most educated people among them to come out and dispute and argue with Stephen. And it says here that they, they couldn't withstand him, the wisdom that he had. They were outmatched. And so here you have another character trait of a disciple of Christ, and that is wisdom. They speak with wisdom as led by the Spirit. And you know, you look at the book of Proverbs, and a lot of places in Scripture, in the book of Proverbs, again and again, it's telling us to seek wisdom and to not be a fool. Like Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to his advice, seeks more wisdom. And remember, even the simple, if you consider yourself you know, simple, even the simple can have wisdom, not just the highly educated. As it says in Psalm 19, 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So wisdom has everything to do with your relationship with God, not your IQ. It has to do with your relationship with God. And that's what it says in Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Does everyone here remember the game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? It's pretty popular. If you remember, whenever someone got stuck, didn't know the answer, they had a series of lifelines, and they could use them. And one of the lifelines was that you could ask a friend, you know, someone that you trusted, someone that you thought was smart, and all it took was just a quick phone call. Now, imagine, though, for a minute that you're on the game show, 
And imagine that they said, for you, there's only going to be one lifeline. And that one lifeline is unlimited, though. I mean, you can use it as much as you want. And what it is, is instead of phoning a friend, you can pull out your phone and Google the answer. And you have as much time as you need to search and look for the answer. The answer. An unlimited Google lifeline. And all the time you need to do the searches. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. You would almost certainly be a millionaire. In fact, I tried this. I first went and searched what were the 10 most difficult questions ever asked on the show, and then I Googled the answers. And I got to admit, I did pretty well. I would have... <laughs> I would have won a lot of money. I got nine out of 10 right. The only one I missed was because I thought, oh, I know the answer to this one. I don't need Google. <laughs> True story. And I mean, that turns out to actually be a great comparison because we all have an unlimited lifeline, the Holy Spirit. We, he's someone who always can be trusted. He always has the wisdom that we need. And all we have to do is just take the time to ask. And the only time that you'll be wrong is when you think you don't need them. But here's another practical suggestion as far as gaining wisdom that I would give. And again, it's very, very simple, and it's just this, open the Bible. A lot of times we don't take the time just to open the Bible. And the reason I say that is because the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. As it says in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. But the thing is, is when you open the Bible Read it as a book full of wisdom. Have that purpose in your mind. I'm looking for wisdom that I can use in my life. So don't read the Bible only for its history, even though there's a lot of history there. Don't read the Bible only for its facts, even though there are a lot of great facts. And don't read the Bible only because you should as a Christian, even though you should. But when you open the Bible to read, treat it as a book full of wisdom. Every book, every chapter, there's wisdom in it that God wants you to gain. Sometimes it's more hidden than in other places, but it's there. Ask God for that wisdom. And he is always willing to share that wisdom with us. As it says in James 1 verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So God is always willing to give wisdom and to impart wisdom to us. But if you're not willing to then stop and listen, then you will miss out on receiving the wisdom. A lot of times we ask, but then we just go on with our day. We don't even stop to listen and to connect with God. I mean, why ask for wisdom if we're not willing to stop long enough to listen? So here you have three character traits that we can learn from Stephen and desire for our own life as disciples of Christ. To be full of faith and the Holy Spirit, to be full of grace and power, and be full of wisdom 
and the Spirit. Now, hopefully, you'll notice that there's something that kind of sticks out with all three of these, something that they kind of all have in common. And that is the Holy Spirit, full of faith and the Holy Spirit, full of grace and the power, power of the Holy Spirit, which we looked at, and full of wisdom and the Spirit. So one thing is very clear, that if you want to be used by God in his kingdom to spread his truth, to be a light, to lead people to Christ, you absolutely need the help of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. If you try and accomplish things for God on your, based just on your own effort and talent, good luck. You'll, you'll get nowhere because God doesn't need human help. He's God. He does whatever he pleases. But he is willing to use you and I in great measure to impact his kingdom if we're willing to look to him for help and to rely on him, just as the examples in Acts that we'll be looking at these men and women did. And finally, there's one other thing I want to point out as a connection between these three character traits, and it has to do with the practical suggestions that were given. If you look at all the practical suggestions, here they are. Give thanks to God, pray hourly, admit your weakness, ask for help, open God's word, and listen to his spirit. All of these have to do with an interactive relationship with God. All of them. It's either you praying or talking to God or you listening and reading his word. It's all interactive relationship with God. That's what the Christian life is, a relationship with God. That's why you always hear that saying, Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship. And that's true. That's what's more important than anything to God is relationship with you, the interacting. And it's the only way to be full of the Holy Spirit and to be used to advance his kingdom. Now, let, real quickly, let me kind of share with you what's up ahead um, with the series as we continue to go through the summer. The next chapter, Acts 7, Stephen gives his testimony. And since they couldn't withstand his wisdom and spirit, they said, you know what, let's just kill him. And that's what they did. They dragged him outside, they stoned him, and he died. And while that took place, there was a person there who was a witness to it all that stood, was standing by. In Acts 7, 58, it says, Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. This man named Saul will become very important throughout the rest of our series through the book of Acts uh, the rest of the summer. But as you go home today, I would just encourage you to consider this, the character of this man named Stephen, that he was full of grace and power, uh, full of faith and grace and power and the Spirit. All of this, all of this comes and wisdom and all of it came from being full of the Holy Spirit, the faith, the grace, the wisdom and the power. All of it comes from that one connection relationship with God and him filling us with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty God, Lord, you are infinitely powerful beyond what we can even begin to grasp. We look up into the sky and consider billions of stars. Lord, even if we consider for mo most of us last night and the 
lightning, the thunder, just a small taste of your great power, and yet you are willing to share it with us and to work through us powerfully to extend and advance your kingdom in this world. And that's all that is important. Lord, I, help, I pray that we would understand that. That's why we're on this earth, to continue to be ambassadors, to spread your truth. Lord, I, I pray that we would, with the help of your Spirit, form new habits, ways of connecting with you and surrendering to you more often so that we can derive the benefits of that relationship and also be used of you in this world. We thank you for Stephen, for the example, and I pray that we would all seek the same type of character. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day.